This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast Season 2, Episode 3. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm here along with Nick Philpot and Alex Penge to build you up to this weekend's relegation six-pointer against Swansea. As well as the preview on the pad for discussion is the return of the legend that is Dougie Friedman, some juicy-sounding transfer news, and we will review the League Cup victory over Ipswich Town. For all of that, remember to head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, uh, we're back. Episode three of the new season and we, we have a win under our belt at last. We scored <laughs> we scored some goals. They they were very welcome. Tried tried to sneak some extra time in, but um we'll get to that Ipswich game a little bit later on. First, um, let me introduce the guys I'm with. Firstly, of course, obviously, Mr. Nick Philpotts, welcome. Obviously, off to a flying start this season. We Good evening, everyone. <laughs> and um, for the first time this season, we have Alex Ponge. Hello. Ponge. Hello, Hello. Ponge, that's right. Yes. Not, not to be confused with the uh, South London town. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, I, might, I might move there, you know. Um, We've no, been in, we've nice. been having looks around. Some nice it's up and coming. It's up and coming, mate. Coming, yeah, edgy. Don't, I don't know if we want your sort over south of the river anymore, actually. Easy. <laughs> right. So I think um, there's only really one place to um, start this show, and that's with the return of Dougie Friedman as sporting director, technical director, whatever um, his title will be. Um, initial thoughts on this, um, Alex. Start with you. How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm really pleased. I think there's been a lot of um, water under the bridge um, since his departure um, as manager in that playoff season. And you know, we, we as people, as listeners know from our chat with him, he's brought he was responsible for bringing in lots of good players to the club um, in that season. Um, you know, likes of Balassi, um, Ward, and a few others. Um, and yeah, I think it's a terrific appointment. Um, you know, I think you need those personalities in and around the club um you know Dougie as a player was a legend for us um and I feel like he's that personality that's just 
perfect in terms of player recruitment and and you know getting the best out of players at the club itself. And if you look at De Boer and his past stints at his past clubs, he's always sort of had a sporting director above him. I think at his time is at Inter, he had a sporting director. And um, at Ajax as well, I'm not sure if it was Overmars, but, you know, Ajax traditionally have always had that person above the manager or the, or the coach as the, as the more continental way of putting the, the boss um, to look at player recruitment. So I think it's a fantastic appointment. Yeah, well, I'm, um, I agree with you. I'm going to get Nick's opinions first, though. Nick, uh, how are you feeling about the return of the Duke? Um Mixed feelings, really. I mean, yeah, there, there is a tinge of disappointment about the way and the manner that he left us, OK? Uh, I think for the club's benefit, if he has any assistance over even one transfer, and I understand he's very close to the Oliver Burke situation, um, I think it's a massive positive for the club. Um, my uh, little reservation for you, the club do tend to be going for a little bit of sentimentality with uh, AJ being around the club and Richard Shaw, Gary Izzett, and quite a few more, Paddy McCarthy. Um, I just hope it's not one of those appointments and it's an, a positive appointment to assist the manager in recruitment for this coming season. I think it's great. And, you know, quite frankly, I've seen lots of messages and listened to another pod where the negativity is just, it's its vomit-making, if I'm honest with you. Absolutely obscene. Uh, he's, a, he's a member of the Crystal Palace history. Okay, yeah, okay, he had a bit of a problem when he left us, but we, he should be welcomed back with open arms. Yeah, well, I think um, <clears throat> I would I'll touch on um, what FYP had to say about him. <laughs> uh, I, when he left, we got to think back to the point of when he left. Right, there was obviously something going on behind the scenes. Um, Freeman was reportedly the lowest-paid manager. He had us at top of the league. Um, he was offered a new contract, and he was obviously offered a far bigger contract somewhere else. And you know, he spoke to Whole Radio last uh, last May. It was, and he. He told Hull Radio he knew he made a mistake within the first day and that um, his pride didn't let him overturn it. But he was sold the world by Bolton and um, they didn't deliver on what they sold him. Um, a lot of people have said that he hasn't done anything since he left Palace. Um, <laughs> he was very, very, very close to getting Bolton into the playoffs in the season that he took over there. And then the following season had zero resources because of the way that their um, wage structure was and their wage bill from coming down from the Premier League. They could spend no money whatsoever. They lost all of the players that um, he put the good runs together at the end of the season with and inevitably fouled under dire circumstances. And then when he moves to Forest, he moves into Forest. They buy a Asomba Longa. They get, he gets injured and they get hit with a transfer ban because of the Asomba Longa deal. And... What is he supposed to do? He can't strengthen the squad. He loses players through injury. It goes on. And I work with a Forest fan and he was outraged when Freeman was sacked because, you know, he was doing the best job in the circumstances that he had. Um, <clears throat> so to say that he hasn't really been that successful when he left, I just think he was in um, unfortunate jobs. And we've got to remember coming back to him leaving Crystal Palace, he left Crystal Palace and we replaced him at the time with what we thought was a superior manager. It's not like he left us in the lurch. He left, we went unbeaten for X amount of games in the, in the entire time that we didn't have the manager before Holloway came in. And then we obviously had a little peak when Holloway came in before things really, really dropped off. And we'll never ever know if Friedman would have got us promoted that season. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't have. But I think his track record with us as a manager was good. 
he came in at a time of crisis, at a time where he wanted the job and we tried to give it to Eddie Howe and he still st- stood up after and took the job and did a very good job. He took us to a League Cup semi-final. He brought in the likes of Glenn Murray, Yannick Palassi, Mile Yedinak, Joel Ward, all on a shoestring budget. And he built a team that got promoted to the Premier League and the spine of that team continues to play in the Premier League. So for most of this comes out of what was said on the FYP podcast. And for me, I just thought it was bordering on disrespectful the way they spoke about mm-hmm. what is a club legend, both for me as a player and maybe not legendary as a manager, but he put the club on the footing that we are currently on. That was the work that he did with CPFC 2010 for several years before he decided to move on to Bolton. So I think they were very, 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 very out of order about the way they spoke about him. And then moving on, I don't think Friedman, I don't think De Boer is going to accept Friedman in. I'm sure he was involved in that process. Yeah. He spoke about it. He says he knows the Premier League. He knows the club history. Look at Ajax. Ajax is a very, very incestuous club. And they are all about bringing club legends in and people know, this, know the club history and know the club DNA. And that is exactly what Dougie Friedman knows. And I think it shows a lot of character from De Boer that he is prepared to accept in a former manager, a former playing legend, and he's comfortable with himself to be able to do that. So I think I think it says a lot about um, Frank De Boer's character, and I think it says a lot about Dougie Freeman's character that they can both come back and work with each other. And so, as um, as Dougie Freeman's wife said, when um, returning on Twitter, said, "Good luck, Mr. F. Um, back to where your heart has always been." So I don't think there's any doubt. And I think those, he echoed that a lot um, when he spoke to us in May last year on Hull Radio. And, you know, this, this is where his heart belongs. And um, Frank De Boer has said that he wants to build this club from the academy up. And you listen to the way Wilfred Zaha talks about Dougie Friedman. Dougie Friedman was there to, in, at the start to put Nathaniel Klein into the England right-back position. Obviously, Oliver Burke, who we're linked with, has, been, has talked amazingly about Dougie Friedman. So if we're starting with youth and starting at home, who better to bring people through the Christmas Palace Academy than Dougie Friedman, who spent most of his career at the club and has blooded some of the best youngsters we've ever had? Really well. Enough rant? No, fantastic. I just want to put a little bit of meat on what you've just said. A couple of times during that, you actually mentioned uh, the interview that we did with him back in last May. And personally, at the time I was a listener, not a presenter on that whole radio, I think it was probably the best interview whole radio have ever carried out. And for any listeners out there who are new to this podcast thing, it's worth going to HOL Radio. Uh, .net forward slash podcast to download it and go to listen again because it's really a cracking, cracking interview and the guys are to be congratulated on it. Well, there's no way we could do better interviews since because we made you a presenter, mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> And was there any need for that? <laughs> right, anyway, let's move on. Um, Sacco deal looks to be back on. Um, Liverpool apparently are prepared to accept a structured deal that includes lots of add-ons. So um, I've seen the joke flying around on Twitter <laughs> today that we should offer them um, a million up front and 99 million if Liverpool ever win the Premier League. <laughs> 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 that, that did amuse me. Um, so, Nick, you, you'd obviously be happy with a Sacco return. Yeah, I've got a little a minor reservation. My only reservation on this, because of his age, there will be no sell-on 
fee for us at a later date. So whatever it is, even if it's 20 million and some add-ons, I still think it'll be great business. He's, that 20 million will probably end up keeping us in, in the Premier League. Um, I think it's a great, it'll be a great addition. It was always going to go down to the end. Okay, I, If you notice, we've, we've actually gone very cold on the deal over the last couple of weeks and it's only raised its head again today. Um, I think... It was inevitable that he's going to end up at Sellers Park. It's where he wants to be. He's, uh, from what I read today, he's texting the players, uh, our current squad of players, regularly. He loved the, he loved the club. He loved the atmosphere. I think it's a, it will be a great purchase for Palace. And any weakness that we had at defence or we're showing at defence at the moment will be sorted out with Sacco on board. So bring it on. Come to the club. He's more than welcome. Yeah, well, I think the noise coming out of his camp was we're not just going to move to the highest bidder for Liverpool. We want it to be the right city and the right club. And um, <laughs> I think we all know what that means. That means London and Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, one thing I will pick up, and I think he's only 24, Sacco, isn't he? So I'm I'm sure there's some resale value there. Even if we get him on a five-year contract, he'll still be in his peak. Um, the, other good, the other good, better transfer news I have, better transfer news than Sacco joining... Leeds are apparently I don't drive but I'll, Nick I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the passenger seat and we'll drive in there yeah we'll have yeah. a whip around petrol yeah, uh, yeah Alex go. can you drive you get you yeah, get in the drive well. yeah. boys it's not a problem I'll even pay for the petrol okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, dri- I'll drive him up there myself pack his bags <laughs> I'll even pack his dirty underwear get him up there seven million quid is that really what they've they were going to offer for oh, seven, okay. no, seven figures, okay. seven, seven. I thought you said seven million. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sure it's like one million and one pounds. But, okay. um... It could be one pound. I'll still drive him up there. <laughs> um, and a final little thing I'll touch on before we move on to the Ipswich review. Um, it's very vague about the Zaha injury. The uh, Boer said today, Wilf is a very, very robust player. The first couple of days are very important to have a rest. And from now on, I think he's going to start rehab. We don't know how long it would take. The risk is that you start too early, then you can have a setback. So we are going to see and don't want to put a time on it for right now. Um, yeah, I found it very interesting at the time when Ed Aaron's uh, on Twitter was the one who suggested it would be four weeks. Um, Alex, does this sound to you a little bit longer than four weeks? I don't know, really. I, do you know, I'm, 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 I'm concerned, but do you know, I, the, the comments I just wanted to t- bring up, actually, was just the whole news about Townsend. You know about us about Townsend probably potentially uh, being the factor in terms of the Sacco deal because if we did lose Townsend this this transfer window to in order to bring the likes of Sacco and Burke in, it, I think it does leave our options quite short um, in terms of the forward positions and um, I just I I don't know like you know when he was seen in 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 the cast after that after the Huddersfield game but I don't I don't think it's as serious as serious as, as as everyone's making out and I think it like he'll be back soon you know I don't think Wilf's had any major injury layoffs um, and he's you know he's got tougher with, with, with age um it's a lot stronger last since we last since we saw him make his debut you know um under Warnock and yeah I, I I'm just a bit concerned that if if we do let Townsend in there won't be a, a lot of options to play with 
Mm, yeah, well, it's got, it will be a lot of pressure on Burke if that's the case. But yeah. I think evident from early on in this season, uh, well, I say evident, that's probably a bit harsh, but um, is Townsend the one half of the season player? We seem to have a lot of them because he was slow last season, picked up after January, and he's certainly had a slow start to this season. Anyway, we're dragging. Uh, we'll head off to a short jingle, and then after that, we'll be back with a short review of the Ipswich game. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter. At Proud and Palace. Right, so um, one of our lovely um, people in the background here called Samantha, she schedules our show. <laughs> and um, my my one requirement was this week was that both people went to the Ipswich game. What, what were you doing last night, Alex, that was more important than a Carabao Cup game? <laughs> so that's part oh, in front of... Cleaning my bathroom. There we go. That, that was so rock and roll, mate. So <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that wow. is what I got up to. Um, I, as I much don't as know. I, I think you might have made the right decision. Well, especially about <laughs> 70 minutes in, you definitely made the right decision until that point. <laughs> it was a load of toilet, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, but yeah, I think we're just going to, we'll, we'll zip through this. Um, you can talk about the lineup, Alex. Uh, so Spironi and goal. Um, Wald, uh, Dan and Kelly are centre-backs. Uh, Schlupp was on right-wing back position and Patrick Van Arnott on the left. Or was it the other way round, Nick? I don't remember. Yeah. The lineup was Speroni, Ward, Dan and Kelly, Van Arnott, Patrick and MacArthur, Schlupp, Lakilo, Kai Kai and Kabai. All oh, right, OK, I had them all. I get lost in this 3-4-3 three, three when I'm adding it up. I always think I've got either too many players or not enough players. Um, yes, so, you know, I'm coming around to the... Um, the poor way of thinking. Um, so what did you think of that, Alex? Do you think it was a good blend of um, youth and first team and fringe players, especially considering that we knew Ipswich were basically gutting their team and bringing a development squad, basically? Mm. Yeah, well, well, to be honest, it was just basically what we had left, really. You know, some players need resting and it just shows the, the squad at our disposal and the fact that there's not a lot of options at the moment until, obviously, the end of the transfer window where we're hoping to bring two or three in if you look at you know right wing back you know we've got obviously Fossi Mensa had a, had a rest um Ward had to play um and we had to play uh one of the left wing backs at, at right wing back um so you know it just shows that there's a lot of a lot of factors in this side a lot of areas that that need strengthening um you can also say the same up top as well you know Sully Kai Kai I doubt he's played up front that much I think maybe he played a few games up front for Brentford when they were sh- when they when they were short, but you know he, he doesn't strike to me as an out and out striker. Um, mm. But obviously in this system, you know, the ball wants players to be pla- be capable in those different positions. So I guess you know it's one of those things you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. It's quite early on in the season, and I, I don't expect to see a side like that. You know, give it a month, two months time. Yeah. What? Well, um, who do you think's more of an out and out striker, Alex? Kai Kai or Scott Dan? <laughs> oh, you're spoiling me, mate. You're spoiling me. But that despite Dan's Dan's attempt at a last minute equaliser at Anfield. Did anyone yeah. did anyone see that? A little swing and swing of just midair. Complete yeah, miss miss kick. But um you know, a fair play to Kai Kai. I, I heard he you know, yeah, he's, he got about a bit. Did played I heard he played okay last night. Um a lot a lot was said about Lakilo, um not having a a great game. I still maybe I'm not sure whether he's cut out for first team action. I wouldn't be surprised if we do bring a few players in, seeing him go out on loan until 
until, until January, maybe to a championship side. Um, and then maybe I, I think alone, I think alone are doing really well, mate. Yeah. Um, he, I think he started slow. I think in the first half, um, Ipswich probably bullied him a little bit. They had some big lads in amongst their youngsters, um, and they they managed to. Yeah, just sort of push him off the ball, push him around a bit. But he adjusted a bit in the second half, hit the post. The goalkeeper made a really good save from him. And um, But I'm I'm happy. It's given youth a chance, you know. Yeah. They they got the job done as well. You know, we got through the game. Um, but obviously, a lot of that's down to one of the more senior players in the squad, James McArthur. Um, Nick, shooting from the edge of the area. What's going on? I know. Two very good shots as well. I mean, I thought it was interesting that he made eight changes last night and the ones that are were struggling a little bit for form in the first couple of league games uh van arnholt ward and punchin he left on the pitch tr- obviously trying to lift their confidence a little bit i think and the other the other pleasing thing about last night was kabai uh kabai had a good uh, a full 90 minutes um and it, yeah I, I expect him to be there or thereabouts on saturday uh, on the team sheet uh Likilo, going back to Likilo a little bit i think he was he was quite effective, but and I think your point about him going out on loan will be a very, very much a positive. I think he needs to fill out a little bit because he seemed a little bit lightweight. He did get shoved off the ball quite easily last night. Mm. Um, it was a, it was a very peculiar lineup. If you look at the the back three, Ward, Dan, and Kelly, it's it's basically what what we had last, uh, beginning of last season uh, yeah. before Dan got injured. Mm. Yeah, but I thought Kelly was um, up until MacArthur scored a couple of goals. I think Kelly was probably man in a match. I thought he had a, Agreed, yeah. a really, a really solid game in there, and um, looks a lot more comfortable than a certain Scott Dan, who was replaced at halftime by Fosu Mensa. Um, I don't know if that's an injury or whatnot, um, but yeah, obviously they they scored late on with their only shot on target. Um, you know, we just fell asleep a bit at the back and. It was square across, and Sproni unfortunately doesn't keep his hundred and whatever clean sheet for the club. But it was nice to see Jules in goal as well. And um, at one point, he was received a pass back under pressure, dribbled past his man, didn't Kevin Campbell it, get tackled, <laughs> can see the goal. He dribbled past his man, and um, everybody loves singing his name in the homestyle. Uh, I would just want to point out as well, with um, I think Ipswich had five debutants in that game maybe four or five and they were all like aged between 17 and 19 and you know Connor Wickham's come through their academy recently they've they have some uh, big names coming through there the youngest um, but, team ever wasn't it yeah their Apparently. average age was 19.3 years mm. was the average age yeah and um, I must say we should just buy their right back Luth Wolfenden today like uh, he's about six foot he's big he's fast and at 18 years old, he looks to be a very, very good prospect. He, he, look, he does look a good prospect. Did you say he was 19 years old? Was their average age? 19.3 years. I've got, ge- I've got jeans older than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, um, in uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, yep, head off to a jingle. And then after that, we will preview the upcoming game on Saturday against Swansea. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. I'm st- still thinking about Nick's 19-year-old jeans. Uh, do, they, do they stand up by themselves? They do, mate. <laughs> right. Um, up in the beginning of the show, I called I called this a relegation six-pointer. Is it is it too early for that, Nick? There was some clown on one of the Facebook pages on Saturday saying it's a must-win game this weekend. 
and I, and I tugged him on it. I'm oh, sorry, you're talking garbage. It's abs. No, I, I tugged him on his point. It's a must-win game. What a load of nonsense. It, we don't have to win anything at all. Uh, think about last season. How many games did we go without a win at the beginning of last year? It was... I can't... I, I, I've forgotten. Under Pardew, it, it was loads. It's not even... Important. What we don't want to do is get cut adrift down the bottom. Uh, and the worst thing of all, of course, is that lockdown on the south coast uh, above us, just on uh, alphabetical order. But we've got. To, I think for this, I think it will be very important, important that this week of all weeks we go back to uh, Allardyce and respect the point. Mm. At least get a point out of that game. Yeah, I agree. I think um, losing would be an absolute disaster. I think it's a must-not-lose more than a must-win at this stage yeah. of the season just to get some points on the board. But when um, you know we dropped, we, well, we got no points against Swansea last season We're in a season that they were horrific for very large periods. Um, and, you know, they haven't scored a goal. Um, it's a bit popcorn kettle black there. But <laughs> they haven't scored a goal this season. Although, was it four they got last night in the... The league yeah. cup, so that might give him a bit of confidence. But when you look at their team, Alex, you know they've got rid of Gilfie Sigerson. I mean, they was never going to be able to keep him, and you know, 44, 45 million, whatever it is, a lot of money. But you know, today they've added Sam Klukas to their squad for 15 million. And I know you yeah. watch a lot of um, football abroad, Alex. Um, Roque Messer from Les Palmas, 11 million on him. Uh, like mm. these, these don't feel like players that are going to be. Um, you know, improving Swansea to a great no. a great degree. No, not at all. And obviously, Lorente was a big player for them mm. towards the, the end of last season. Um, I think he, like his goal sort of single handedly kept them kept them in the division. You know, with 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 Sigurdsson's service. Um, you know, I, I I agree. Like, you know, I I I think it's a I don't think it's a must win game, and I don't think last season's game against them at home was a must win game. Both both you know t- times you know we were. You know, we were we were in sticky periods, and I I think you know we've got. If you look at both squads, I feel like our squad is stronger at the moment. Um, you know, obviously they've got the cigarettes and money, and they can invest it um in in their side. But I think we've got we've got better players, and we've got even without Zaha, I feel like we've got enough to 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 break through their defence. And you know they and you know United showed that towards the end of um the game on Saturday. You know, they were solid for 70 minutes and then it was just like a, a hot knife through butter, wasn't it? Um, mm. with, you know, scoring two goals in, in two minutes and, and completely ripping through that, that, that back four. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I don't know how optimistic you can, can be as a Palace fan, but, mm. you know, I, I do think we're in a better position than what we were last season against them. You know, with the likes of players that they had in their squad at that time then. Well, yeah, I mean, especially with them missing Lorente uh, in both games last mm-hmm. season against them, Lorente just absolutely schooled our yeah. our defence. Um, came, I think, he came off the bench at uh, what was it when it was maybe four three one to Palace yeah. four four whatever it was that four three to Palace. He came on and caused a lot of damage, um, and he won't be available, which means the Tammy Abraham experiment will continue, I guess. And, you know, he's only 19 years old, um, scored a lot of goals for Bristol City last season, but is not necessarily um, 
you know, got off to the best start in the Premier League <laughs> as it no. goes. Um, yeah, and I just want sorry, I just wanted to touch on um, Swansea's team a bit there because um, unfortunately we don't have an opposition fan this week. <laughs> um, there's not many Swansea bloggers to contact, and um, the three I managed to contact were not available. So um, there you go. That was that was your opposition view bit from our uh, um, ill-informed South London hotbed. Uh, <laughs> Um, but one thing you, uh, um, you touched on there, Alex, and you think we'll have enough for them. It's, it's, I think what was interesting last night was how James MacArthur made the midfield function a bit more. And it was obviously having Kabai alongside him as well. And they just managed to keep the ball a lot better between them and create a lot better angles. And then in the end, it, it ended with MacArthur scoring two goals, getting himself in the positions to score those goals. And, you know, he had he had space. One of them, he had the space to score. The other one, he had to cut inside a defender and score. But we know MacArthur has that ability. Now, does this give Frank the Boer a very big headache for the weekend, Nick? Well, I, don't, I actually don't see how he's going to fit them both in. I mean, because obviously Kabai's now back. Oh, Kabai, OK. Yeah. Kabai's now back, OK. Uh, and MacArthur playing well. Uh, the worst worst thing that will happen is um, MacArthur will be on the bench. I'm I'm hoping he grows some kahunas and pulls punching out and uh, puts Kabai back in. I've got um, an idea. Go on in. Um, my, my, my thinking was I actually thought he'd do this for the Liverpool game, um, was to bring back Luca at right centre-back um, and maybe move Fossi Mensa at right wing-back, sort of free in a sort of midfielder spot. Because, um, you know, he sort of did that... Um, uh, in the Premier League Cup in Asia, where he experimented with Luca at right centre back, and I thought Luca did a good job in those games. Um, and you know, I think Luca this season's not really been as imposing as he was last season. I feel like he's played a different role. He's not really shielding the defence. Um, but you know, the great thing about Luca is his range of passing. And in, as a as a centre back in a free, you you do see a lot of the ball. And I think we're going to see a lot of the ball on Saturday. Um, so my my thinking was to you know maybe give Ward a, a break. You know obviously he's not looked the greatest um, so far this season in the in the first couple of games. He's a, he's probably been our weakest player, um, and and maybe utilise Fossey Mensah's pace and maybe bring in one of Kabai or or MacArthur in the middle. Yeah, I I, I I don't disagree with a single thing you've said there. As much as Luca doesn't really. You know, he suggested he doesn't like playing there, but it will do a job for the team. Yeah. When you've got, when you are going to have a lot of the ball, you want um, centre backs in that back three that are basically like midfielders. And yeah. you know, he's a defensive midfielder. As you point out, of a great range of passing, and he can tackle, and he's got decent pace, so he's probably not going to get caught out too much in behind. And um, I think that would be a good way to squeeze more people into the team as well, because I don't, whether it's Grand Kahuna's or not, whether Punching deserves to be in the team or not. I mean admittedly, you know, I'm a big Punching fan. I think it's the second week running. I'm, he, he didn't have a very good game against Ipswich last night. Um, mm. <clears throat> he doesn't seem to be adjusting to the system very well. And then, you know, a lot of people argue that going back, you know, he hasn't scored for over a season now. And um, maybe, maybe Punching just needs, needs, needs some time out of the team just to, you know, reset and see how he fits back in. But, you know, with the absence of Zaha, maybe I, I see Punching being further up the field again, like he was at Anfield and probably filling in down there. But it's certainly going to be very interesting to see what he does with the midfield. But it's also it's going to be interesting to see what he does with the back three because 
you know, does he move Luca in there? Does he does he keep Fossey Mensah in there? Does Scott Dan play? Does Martin Kelly play after his performance against Ipswich last night? Nick, what would what would be your ideal back three? Well, I need to find out in the breaking news whether Riedervale's got over his growing pains, which are called. <laughs> five-year plan apparently he's got growing pains my understanding was he's got a groin pain but according to them last night he's got <laughs> growing pains they didn't have a, a great night did they bless him but if it's, read about it's, it's, it's nice that we all listen to each other though isn't it? very, very friendly <laughs> but if read back okay that puts a little different slant on things my personal you know whilst i heard what uh Alex was saying a minute ago, I think my personal three would be Fossey, Mensah, Riedervel and Tompkins at the back. Mm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Riedervel, again, I just, I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's pod with um, seeing that someone put a Riedervel shirt up, like this season's away shirt of Riedervel's name on the back for 20 quid on eBay after the game against Huddersfield. Um, harsh, harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's very harsh. Yeah, I put a bid in on it, but it went up, it went up a bit. <laughs> You're so tight. <laughs> but I just mean, it like, I, for me, I, I think he looks very, very good. Um, he, he, he's got so much pace, he can tackle, and um, there's no doubt he can pass the ball, as we saw in a game against Huddersfield. It's just, you know, Palace fans are a bit concerned that he was passing it in what they perceive to be the wrong direction a little bit. But I think yeah. we'll see a, a lot more and back passes than we've ever seen at Sellers Park this season. Well, I was going to say, on that note, yeah, everything you just said, plus a little caveat on him, he does look as though he's got a mistake in him as well, doesn't he? Very talented on the ball, great pass on the ball, yep, yep, yep. But he does, with his, some of his passing at the back, he does seem to have a little bit of a mistake in him. And I, I, I think the options that he's offered as outward passes might draw him into a mistake. I don't, I don't think he looks like he's got a mistake in him at all. I think he looks very, very assured on the ball. And comfortable, but um, I, I think it will be because of our players in the middle were falling asleep and not made the run and offered him the option um, that will more bring in a mistake out of him. What, what's your thoughts on Riedervald, Alex? Oh, I think he's he's fantastic. He's so composed. Um, obviously, if you're from Ajax, you know, you're, you, that's the perfect school of football to be brought up on, isn't it? And the fact that I imagine he's played in, you know, seven, eight different positions. Um, and 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 he's and he's you can see that and from his again range of passing and and how composed he is. So you know we're we're quite blessed actually. If you look at our our squad, we've got likes of Riederworld, we've got uh, Luca, we've got Kabai, we've got Macarthur, Loftus Cheek, all very very good passable, all composed and all players I think would suit the ball system that he's looking to play. So you know I feel like we got you know we got we you know look forward and and I think we will see a result on Saturday. Yeah, um, we're going to end that there, but I don't want to go a week without touching on Loftus-Cheek just once. So I'll just say, mm, what a player he is. <laughs> he's yeah, really, he is really got me. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, but he's really got me excited. He really he's a has. good player. He's a good player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right then, Billiam, I think it's time to head to a jingle and then we'll be back with some predictions. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, so I was I was prepared. To, I had my smugness ready, Nick, this week. Like in my head, I genuinely thought I'd predicted 1 0 to Liverpool last week. And um, Mikey hit me with the news that I'd actually predicted a 2 0 win for Liverpool. I was gutted. I thought after this must be episode 38. 
35 or 36 of the preview podcast. I thought I finally got one right. So but, is that right? You actually haven't got one right at all. Uh, I've got the I've got like the result right several times, but I just haven't got the score right ever. <laughs> okay, so we, well, we may as well get your wrong prediction out of the way now, aren't we? <laughs> oh, very funny. Um, uh, you went for 2-1 to Liverpool and um, Tim uh, Warren went for a 3-0 to Liverpool. So obviously nobody was right there. Uh, yeah. The only one who was right was Samantha, who um, she can get the score right between Liverpool and Palace, but she can't get the scheduling right for the um, preview podcast. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. I'm only joking, Samantha. You do a sterling job, love. We love uh, uh, we've got some listener predictions in this week. In fact, we, we were just inundated with them. I had literally over 100. So I'm sorry if you wrote to me. Thank you so much for all the people that did. Um, I've I've just selected a few out of there. Um, Layersdale on Twitter has gone 2-1 to Palace. But IU is going to score, so we can still feel deeply ashamed. <laughs> uh, Bro- Brolin's Hoover, Aka at Pasta, has gone 2-0. From his pals Wilma Fingerdo and Rhonda Hardcock. I don't think those are real friends somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Schilling will be happy with a draw to get some points on the board, as we said earlier, but um, he's hoping for a 2 0 win. win. Michael Hoffman fancies a comfortable 3 1 win. Hans Honky Hosen says 3 0 Palace. I picked him out because um, he lives between England and Germany. So um, having a German wife, you made it in, Hans Honky Hosen. <laughs> Cole Davis has gone for 3-0. The revolution starts here. Big Ben starts chiming. Ruben Loftus' cheek runs amok. Tompkins heads home, and we'll go out and get smashed. I would definitely be in for that, Carl. And finally, Sam Heskiff brings us all back down to earth with 2-1 to Swansea. The joy of a lead will be snuffed out by a weldy and a crap sloppy goal. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> Across the board of the whole radio team, um, no one's predicted a loss. Uh, three people have predicted draws. The rest have gone for Palace wins, with Tim and Patrick, the most optimistic, with 3-1 predictions. Alex, what do um, you, you reckon? I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to win 2-0. I, two just nil. Think, I just think if you compare this Swansea side to that Huddersfield side we played, we played against the first game of the season, um, they're less united. Um, they've got lots of holes in their team. I'm, they're still getting over a loss of to Gerdson, obviously injuries, Lorente, and I'm and I'm really optimistic um, with players like MacArthur and Kabai both fit and raring to go. Wow, oh, very very optimistic, and I'm sure you're going to be the same, Nick. Do you know what? I am actually exactly the same as that. I've, I've predicted a 2-0 win. Um, I believe Loftus' cheek will get off the mark, okay, because I think he'll be pushed further forward. And uh, Luca actually had a couple of sighters at the uh, Anfield last week. This week, he had another one of his beautiful free kicks and Luca to score. Okay, so just for some um, difference between the two, Alex, who's your goal scorers? I think Luca will score as well. I think he might get a penalty. <laughs> um, you two want to go out and have a drink together. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think maybe we'll get a goal from a set piece. So maybe Scott Dan will 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 sort of finally, um, you know, score a goal and Carrot do what he was doing a couple of seasons ago, um, when he was you know a diff- completely different player to what he is right now. Okay, well, I'm I'm not entirely sure there's even going to be two shots on target in this game. So um, <laughs> I'm not sure how it's going to be 2-0. Um, my prediction is um, 0-0. <laughs> I really just think both teams are a bit, a bit toothless up front at the moment. Obviously, it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say considering we have Ben Teke up front. But of the last two weeks, we've managed to give him one 
admittedly very good chance that he put over. I wouldn't say it was a sitter. Um, I'd say it was a, a very good chance. But, um, yeah, I just think we're not getting the ball to him in the right positions at the moment. Maybe there's a hint of, uh, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel with James McArthur scoring a couple of goals on the edge of the box because I feel like at the moment that's the only place our goals are going to come from because I don't think we're getting the right kind of service into the box. And with Lorente missing for Swansea and obviously Sigerson taking out the equation who hurt us so many times last season, those two, I just, I, I think I think a nil-nil was on the cards, which... <laughs> I'll probably be disappointed with it at a full-time whistle, but it'll be a point on the board and um, we can start tagging more on for the rest of the season. Well, there you um, go. Listen, no, that's, there's one result you don't have to go and put on the bet this week because Terence has predicted a 0-0. So <laughs> you could go and predict on anything else except for a 0-0. Right. And so now after last week's round of results, we've got me, Nick Philpott, uh, Albert, Alex, Jack, Tim and Mikey all on one point, all correctly predicting a Liverpool win last week. So, and guess what? Nobody predicted a Huddersfield win. So we're all on one point. (laughs) So we will see next week how we fare out in the polls on Twitter. First league win of the season got 60%. Draw got 18%. And for f**k's sake, got 22%. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now we have a message from the review show. Over to you, Hambo. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chris, it's time for you to record your message for Terence. But I have to say, he's doing better than you. What? That's ridiculous. Listen, he's a loser. He writes it every week. Me, I'm just, I'm off the cuff. You know, I'm spontaneous. I'm, I'm, you know, that. Right, okay, okay, right. Hi, everybody. This is Chris Hamlin from The Review Show. I'm sure you've really enjoyed listening to Terence's preview show. It's great every week how he writes stuff and gets to edit it. And, you know, I deal with producers and leave all of my mistakes in, but that's fine. I'm, uh, I'm delighted you're enjoying it. And uh, if you do get in touch with Terence for the preview show, because he likes contact, he really does, make sure you address him as T-Bone or T-Bag. Uh, T-Bag is his favourite nickname, but uh, he certainly likes being called T-Bone as well. Um, interestingly, he really hates being called Terry. I don't know why that is. I mean, I suppose Terry's the sort of name you'd give to a plumber or perhaps a builder or something like that. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he just doesn't think it's man, manly to be called Terry. He likes to be called Terence, but, but T-Bone and T-Bag especially. So make sure you join us on Sunday, 8pm live for the review show. It's much, much better than the preview show. Well, that was pleasant, wasn't it? Um, That's almost as pleasant as next time I see Hambo in the cherry trees, tripping him over and teabagging him right in front of everyone. (laughs) Call me (laughs) teabag. Right, so that's it for this week. Um, 
it's been a little bit different, obviously not having the opposition fan on and having the Ipswich review instead. Um, Alex, you enjoy it? First one back? Yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be back, mate. Yeah, and it was good to see you up at Anfield last week. Um, I'm sure we'll bump into each other a lot more throughout the course of the season. And Nick, perhaps one day you will actually find me at Sedhurst Park. Do you, do you know what I look like? I know what you look like. I know where you sit. And once again, last night, you were absent without leave. <laughs> I was fully there. And um, when they scored, me and my sister were having a very, very long debate on whether we would um, stay for extra time or not. Um, I'm mainly putting that down to because I was just wearing a T-shirt and it was getting a little bit chilly. No, that's not true. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you for joining me, guys. And um, thank you for all the contact into the show this week. Um, Again, there was loads of it, and that's great. That's what we like to see. So, um, international break is up next, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah it I, is. So, yeah, international it's... break, and then um, we will be back in two weeks' time for the Burnley preview. Until that time, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.